Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, this is the 17th episode of the designfootball.com podcast. My name is Jay, I'm the resident blogger on designfootball.com. Recently I spoke to Simon Shaky Shakeshaft about match-worn kits, match-worn shirts particularly. Uh, Today I'm going to speak to a fellow shirt collector, uh, that's from Shaky's point of view, a fellow shirt collector, Rich Johnson. Uh, people may be aware of Rich from the Football Attic website, a football nostalgia website. Hi, Rich. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm not too bad. Uh, so, you are a kit collector. This is a little bit strange um, for me because I always thought about you as a bloke that owns some shirts. When did you transition from being that... Or have you always been a shirt collector, would you say? Um, not massively. I think um, I, I, I liked football kits as a kid. Um, and I, I had my first one when I was about 12, um, which was a Cov shirt. Um, but I didn't really get into what I would call properly coll- um, collecting them till about 2006. Um, I, I bought a few Argentina ones off eBay um, in the early 2000s when eBay became a thing. Um, and I was desperate to get hold of an Argentina 86 one. And at the time, you could get quite a few sort of, you know, modern replicas off eBay. Uh, so I'd bought quite a few of those, but I still probably had about like 10 or 15 shirts or something. And then the 2006 World Cup, um, when Italy won in that gorgeous shirt they had, um, I had to own one of those. And I kind of, that was the first shirt that I kind of bought when I kind of thought, mm, actually, you know what, this is worth spending money on. And then it kind of spiraled from there. Um, but the main, I think the, the main point where it, it be, I crossed over from collector to uh, obsessive was after I'd done the first um, Football Attic kit book, uh, because I'd, I'd done that. I had 270-odd shirts in my collection by that point. So I was already kind of, you know, obs- obsessed. But then in the following year, bearing in mind that had taken me about 30 years to build up that collection. Mm. And then the following 18 months, I added about another 130 to the collection. So I kind of went a bit mental. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned a, a Coventry shirt when you were a kid. That was the first shirt. Which one was that? <laughs> that was the 86-87 one. The 80... blue and white stripes when we won the FA Cup. In. Yeah. And then the following season. See, that's a good starting point, isn't it? If you have that as your first shirt you win the fa cup in it and then the following season you had a version of the hummel uh denmark show is that what coventry had it is one of mm. the best did you have ever. one of those did you get one did i get one yeah i did yeah and i, I made sure see even then i was quite nerdy about details because even then you could buy ones without the sponsor on it and you could buy with the sponsor and i made sure that mine had the sponsor on it okay that's that's an interesting 
uh, an in interesting brand of nerdiness because some people would go the other way, of course. That's a subjective thing, isn't it? But I, I the, the reason for that is because I wanted it to be as close to the real thing as possible. So I hated it when you bought replica shirts and they didn't look the same. Um, and, and that usually was down to not having the sponsor on it, especially on kids' shirts. You often found that they just didn't bother and it used to really annoy me. So I think um, kind of 86 was around about the first time you could really buy shirts with the sponsor on. For instance, the one I bought from the year before, the 86-87 one, did not have a sponsor on it. It did not have Granada Social Clubs on it, whereas the following year it was the first one Carl had actually had with a sponsor. Oh, Granada Social Clubs? I always think of that shirt as, as having Granada Bingo on it. Is that right? Yeah, the, the, 88, 80, uh, the 87 to 89 one did have Granada Bingo on it, but the oh. 86-87 had Granada Social Clubs. But I think we had Granada Bingo in the final. Of the in the Cup. FA Cup final? Yeah. Ah, okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. Okay, so, the, in terms of the amounts, you, so you say 270 shirts in what year was that? When you made the first kit book? Yes. And so what year was that? That was 2013, I think. Okay. April, about April, May 2013 when the book came out. Okay, because the, the first... Because I remember coming on your podcast, on the Football Attic podcast, with John Devlin in 2013. And it was like, <coughs> me and John, and particularly in your eyes, John, I think, were the experts who had come on the podcast and was going to tell you about shirts. But now, you're, especially with 270 shirts around that time, you, you know your stuff as well. I do, yeah. What I'm thinking of is, 270 shirts by then... What would it have been, say, 10 years earlier? How many shirts would you have owned? Is this something that happened organically, or was it... Something that happened over the the ten years before or the five years before then? Well, no, because I mean, like I say, I mean that very much. I think ten years before that, so that was twenty thirteen. So ten mm. years before that would have been when I bought my first shirt off eBay. Um, which prior to that, I literally only had a couple of England shirts and probably about five or six Cov shirts. So I had virtually nothing. Um, so ten years prior to that, I would have had a uh, collection in double figures, and that's about it. If that. Um, so it, 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 it literally eBay uh, accounted for a lot of my shirt collection because you could just buy so much um, and in the early days of eBay you could pick up some real bargains as well um, whereas people are a bit more savvy I mean I, I think it was about 2003 that I bought um, it might have been 2002 that I bought my first eBay shirt or 2003 can't remember but not long after that about a couple of months after buying my first one I managed to get a Denmark 86 shirt and that was about 34 quid. And there was no way that ever goes for 34 quid now. No. No, that's incredible. Um, mm, yeah, that's quite impressive. And do you still have that now? Or is that one that's been traded? And then... No, no, I've still got it. You've still yeah. got that one. Oh, that's quite good. Okay. So back then, was there any... Because I wonder what the cause of what the effect is there. Because is it a case of, oh, what's this thing? eBay's come along. Oh, let's have a look at it. And, oh, there's lots of things to buy on here. All football shirts, they look quite nice. Was that, did that provoke the interest or the starting of collected shirts? No, or it was it was entirely down to wanting an Argentina 86 shirt. Um, and, and eBay was like a new playground. I think um, the first ever article I wrote on the Football Attic was about my quest for uh, the Sabutio World Cup trophy. Um, and eBay was the first place that actually I was managed to uh, actually buy one of those things because of course prior to eBay and the internet um, if you hadn't bought something when it was around the likelihood of ever getting one was was virtually nil 
because it's like you, you just didn't have the outlets to find it. You'd have to physically go to places like car boot sales and hope that someone had got one. Um, but whereas eBay, you can just sit there with your computer and just type in the words Sabutio FIFA World Cup and then you can gawk at the prices. Um, but then you can still buy one. Um, and that's the thing. So at that point, I then started to try and find an Argentina 86 shirt. And it was not long after that um, that I actually found the, the modern day replica versions. So it just sort of started from there. And I think that I then started looking for other Argentina shirts. And then it just, I think I then started looking at Cov shirts. And then it just kind of, and then I found the Denmark one. And there was like a whole, quite a few shirts from your childhood that you think, oh, I'd quite like one of those now. And now I could probably get one. Um, and then it just kind of spiraled, really. The Where do you say the Argentina 86 shirt? That's That's the original reason for getting into it. Have you ever owned one that you're satisfied with? That have you ever sort of fulfilled that quest? No, I have not. I have twice. I've had an opportunity to do it once, um, and I will forever regret this. There, there was one on eBay and a genuine 1986 player worn shirt, um, and it had actually been worn in one of the matches as well, uh, rather than just like on the sub bench or something. And I spotted it at about one o'clock in the morning on eBay and it had gone on for two and a half thousand pounds. And I, I kept, I was, I mean, I was trying to verify whose it was and, and sort of uh, see if it was genuine. And, and I, I agonized over it for about an hour or so. So I got to bed ridiculously late that night. It was a midweek, so I had to go to work. <laughs> and in the end, I, I managed to work out um, whose it was, because it was actually the person who uploaded the picture of it on oldfootballshirts.com, um, and I, their email was on there. So I emailed them and said, is this yours? Just checking, you know, because obviously it could have been just someone nicking the pictures and selling it, or mm. pretending to. <clears throat> and I was considering of putting an offer in of just under two grand or something. And not that I had the money particularly, but I had a credit card. So, you know, <laughs> I had the means to do it. And I kind of hadn't, I can't remember if I'd actually mentioned it to my wife at this point, I think I'd sort of hinted at it, and <clears throat> I, I, I can't remember how the discussion went. But by the morning, um, the guy had actually replied to me and said, yeah, it is my shirt, I am selling it. He said, but I've taken it off eBay and relisted it. And he basically relisted it at £5,000. So by this point, it was way out of my league. And he said, and I've already had loads of offers. And then by the time I got to work, it had gone. It had been sold. Um, and the funny thing was, is that the guy who bought it is a guy who has a racing club uh, museum in Argentina, and he owns an absolute shed load of Argentina match-worn shirts. Um, and he's got, like, I think he's actually got two uh, 86 ones, and he's got one of the 86 ones from the quarterfinal where they wore that particular one-off shirt against England. Um, <clears throat> and he said, oh, yeah, I got that one. So and I was just like, oh, great, okay. And then about a year ago, um, Malky off Twitter, um, he actually knew someone who had, uh, he knew an American collector who'd bought one and was willing to sell it, but he wanted about three and a half grand for it. And the problem was that the collar on it was uh, dyed blue, where I think the colour of one in the wash or something. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not so, the version I want. No, I, I just knew that if I ever bought one, for, it, it's like the one I do own of the 1990 World Cup, because I do have a match-worn shirt from there, that has got ink stains all over it. But I'm happy with that because I paid quite a low price for it. And it's like, I, I will take that because I know I didn't pay a ridiculous price. Whereas 
if I'm going to pay, you know, if ever I had the means to pay three and a half thousand pounds for an Argentina shirt, then I would want it to be, you know, as spotless and immaculate as possible. Do you think that the love of football shirts, the love of collected football shirts, is down to the fact that you have never got the first shirt that you really wanted? I don't know because I, I also at the same time as that it was also obviously the 86 World Cup had the Denmark shirt in it so there was something about it and then two years later the Holland 88 shirt and my mate had one of those and I'd already fallen in love with the football shirt and the details of it and I think and I used to design kits when I was a teenager myself so I think I was already massively into football shirts um, I, I tend to get a bit obsessive about things and I think I'd, I, it'd already become one of my obsessions so I don't think the, the ending up collecting I think a lot of the collecting was fueled by <laughs> by narcissism because I think when, when you actually when you have an outlet for displaying your shirts i.e. like Twitter and the the Football Attic blog, um, and you get you meet you know you kind of connect with other people who like it, and then basically when you buy one, you can display it and people can see it, and you can get some feedback from it, and it becomes a bit of a it almost becomes a bit like a drug really, um, and you just kind of can't stop yourself at times. And then then I discovered limited edition shirts, and that's like my downfall. That's like crack to me. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, but maybe we shouldn't laugh. But what I was thinking about eBay is, I, I know on like gambling websites will have warnings that pop up regarding responsible gambling and that kind of thing. Um, is there anything like that on eBay? Because that sort of compulsive purchasing of of certain things, especially if it is a uh, something like shirts, anything that involves collecting, that that can involve racking up serious debt can't it uh yes it can and does um no ebay does not ebay basically has a thing which says come and spend all your money here please go bankrupt in fact you know what ebay really should have adverts for payday loan companies on there just to complete the circle it uh i don't think that would help help matters at all probably um, no i do it's it is a worrying thing. The thing with what you've mentioned there, you're mentioning all kinds of different things. So you mentioned, um, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Your you mentioned a friend owning a, a Netherlands eighty-eight shirt, which is the isometric type pattern, uh, quite a famous pattern. the The thing with that is that would be a a replica shirt, which is very different to the the shirt. I think it's got a collar on it, for example. Very, or generally speaking, it has. There's several versions of it, but it's very hard to get hold of the uh, an accurate version of what the players wore yeah. in those matches. Do, do you have any sort of preference with that? So let's say the two shirts are very similar. Are you okay with owning the replica version of a particular shirt? Um, if the price is prohibitive then yes, I'm, I'm, I, I'm never 100% happy. I always want to own uh, the exact replica down to the detail. Like, for instance, I noticed the other day there was a... I mean, again, this is how alien it can get. I noticed on classic football shirts there is a, a Cov 87-89 shirt, um, which has is a player-worn shirt, and, and I have a player-worn shirt of that as well, but I noticed that theirs has the Hummel logo stitched and mine does not. And then you immediately think, oh, hang on a minute then, is mine not real then? But I know mine is because it's got the number on the back, which, and it's not applied number, it's actually a sublimated number. And only the actual player shirts had numbers on. 
And it does have a stitch badge as well, which obviously the replicas didn't at the time as well. Yeah. Well, there yeah, are different... I, I do get are... obsessed about details like that. There are different versions of, of shirts that players have worn. So, <coughs> uh, Liverpool, most of the time, in the the last time they were the league, I think, most of the time they'd be wearing the replica version on the pitch. But there were player-issue versions which had embroidered badges as well. Uh, but they, for whatever reason, there wasn't so, enough stock, so... I, I presume so. They did end up end up wearing the um, the other versions quite a lot as well. Um, but you you're not so much. I mean, I I look at your kit books and I see what sort of shirts you collect. Uh, design is very very important to you, isn't it? It's not so much the event, or would you say it's a mix of the two? Um, it depends. It is a bit of a mix of the two. Basically, I, I will sometimes buy a shirt purely because I love the design. I don't care who it is or what it is. I will just sometimes love the design. Like, I think I bought, um, uh, I'm trying to think, some Russian team, which I suddenly can't remember. Moscow. Uh, Locomotive Moscow, I think it is. Which mm. is like kind of got a almost like a Pringle jumper pattern on the front in a sort of luminous red and green. Mm. Now, that was fairly cheap off classic football shirts, but I bought that purely be because I loved the design of it. Um, whereas other things I've bought because they are limited edition versions of things. And, and I, I have to actually like the shirt sometimes. I mean, like, for instance... I mean, there was one that I was going to buy recently, which was, I think it was, uh, it was, I think it's Genk. Is it, it's either Genk mm. or Ghent, I can't remember. I think it was one of the two. And they bought out a, like a sort of, a bit like the cultural Leonessa tuxedo shirt. Yeah. Um, but it was like a, it's almost like a waistcoat on it as well, like a suit. And it looked quite cool. And I, I nearly bought one, but there was a bit of a delay from Subside. And then, by in that time, I thought, mm, actually, I'm not that bothered because they never actually wore it in a match. Um, and it wasn't really a proper shirt. They kind of brought it out for the parade, their victory parade. And to me, it's like, well, that's not really a football shirt then. If they didn't ever wear it to play football in, or if it wasn't ever issued as a football shirt, because obviously you get some third shirts that never get worn, like, say, England at the 86 World Cup. But if it, if it was never actually intended as a football shirt, as an official release football shirt, if you see what I mean, then it kind of, I don't know, there's something about it, and I just think, eh, I'm not really bothered about it then. Yeah, well, you might as well... Um, you might might as well collect like pre-match tops and things. Yeah, like that. exactly. So, some of the designs of them are pretty good, but yeah. it's a strange. It'd be a strange thing to collect. Uh, but you do go for a lot of these. I think a lot of collectors might look at them and be a bit snobbish about them. So the the thing with the muscles, whatever team that is, is that one that you've you've got your eye on, or have you managed to? I've, I've already bought one. <laughs> In fact, it. had the post office not screwed up the delivery address on it, I would have it today. Um, because I ordered it last week, but apparently, according to the Royal Mail, it's been sent to the, the North Coventry uh, Postal Office and not the South Coventry, which is my delivery office. So it's still sitting there, being misscanned three times. Um, but yes, I have that CD plenty. I've actually bought the shirts for that. Uh, the, sorry, the shorts for that one as well. Yeah, I did see they had uh, they had yeah shorts to go with it. So I, I don't I... I don't often buy shorts, but I did buy them for the um, uh, the eighteen sixty Munich. Oktoberfest shirt last year because mm. the the shorts were Lados and stuff. Yeah, didn't they release one of the teams who do that kind of Oktoberfest type stuff? They released yeah. socks as well that had a weird sort of woven pattern as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, 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 well, eighteen sixty have done quite a few Oktoberfest shirts. They've done for about the last four years. 
and they usually release them with some kind of weird socks as well. But I don't, I can't remember if you can actually buy the socks. I think you might have been able to. I th- yeah, because I think I don't think it was this year, but I think last year they did it. And it was like a kind of very knitted pattern, um, like a very intricate knitted pattern. But they're very expensive, <laughs> and I'm not that fussed about socks. No. Uh, so, it, do you own any socks? I mean, I, I understand you probably wear socks at work. <laughs> yeah, and that not kind Jesus. Of Uh, (laughs) now you tell me Uh, well you know you you can stop worshipping me now Um, uh, I'm not really I own a couple of pairs of socks Uh, I think I own a pair of cov socks from the um, 86-87 season because I bought them at the time I did actually have the full kit for that but the shorts had to go back because I was kind of in between sizes because I was at the end of the youth sizes which were too small, and then the adults, the first small adult size were massive. So I ended up taking those back. But I do still have the socks. And I've got a pair of Argentina socks from the last World Cup away kit that they had. Um, but I don't, I think I just bought that because I liked the whole kit because it was really nice. And I had like a voucher for kit bag or something, so I just bought the socks as well. But they're really tight. They're ridiculously tight. I actually put them on once, and I think they're almost like compression socks. But they probably... I think that's probably part of it now, isn't it? That they that they're meant to be super tight and also probably. designed for people who play football. So it's... yeah, but I actually have very good legs, so you know. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. Good to you know. Sound surprised? No, no. So moving up the body, then shorts is that? <laughs> generally speaking, <laughs> yeah, that's the area I want to move to now. Uh, <laughs> you always do. Yeah, the shorts. So shorts, not not generally something that you go for. No, not really. Okay. Um, I have a couple of pairs. Again, I'm wearing a pair of Argentine ones right now. I've got a couple of pair of Argentina shorts, um, and I've got a pair of St. Etienne ones, just purely because they're nice and green. Um, okay. And that's about it, I think. Well, what's what year are we talking about? Are we talking Adidas shorts? What, the St. Etienne ones? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so they're only a couple of years old, about 2013, I think. Okay. All right, just a nice pair of shorts. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So... What the first shirt you, in your collection, let's say, was the Coventry shirt. You moved into, say, your twenties and so on. You, you mentioned two thousand three. What was that shirt that you bought off eBay? It was an Argentina one, uh, which was now I bought it because, again, because I'm quite anal about details. Now the nineteen ninety uh, World Cup shirt that Argentina had had two blue lines on the collar, mm. um, and all the replicas at the time did not. No. They just had a plain white V-neck. Now, you, this is the thing you see. You couldn't buy... I couldn't actually find anywhere to buy an Argentina shirt in 1990, even though I really wanted one. Um, but it, it subsequently turns out, had I have bought... Well, I could have actually bought one through mail order at the time, I think, because I think Sports Scene had them, but I think they were quite expensive, and, and I don't think... I don't actually remember seeing any adverts for them in Shoot or anything, although they must have had them. Actually, no, I think I stopped buying Shoot by 1990. That's why. Um... Not with being 15, so. Um, but, so, I, at the time, the replicas were kind of obviously not the same as the actual shirts that the players were wearing for that World Cup. Um, and <clears throat> I, I managed to find on eBay this shirt, which was basically, like I say, had the two lines on the collar. And I was like over the moon. So I was like, well, that's clearly some form of proper replica. And I think it was from Argentina. I was like, well, so I bought that and I paid about 57 quid for it. Hmm. And then it was only years later that I realized the badge on it actually had the blue background 
um, that, say, the 86 badge did. And the 1990 World Cup shirts did not have that blue background. So I then realised that it wasn't from the 1990 World Cup. I mean, I also then subsequently found the 1990 World Cup shirts also had the um, air text material. So yeah. it, so then it was like kind of, well, what the hell is this shirt? And in the first Football Attic kit book, I actually wrote that it, I, you know, kind of, I was very chuffed about getting it. And then it turns out it was probably never actually worn by the team. However, actually, I then subsequently discovered on that guy who owns the Museo Racing Club um, website, I then subsequently discovered that they had worn that shirt and it was actually worn in a friendly later on in 1990 in about two different matches. So I actually was a shirt. So, but I featured it again in the second book with a correction. Ah, oh, okay. Um, the the other shirt that you should, and I don't know if you were aware of this one, but this is a great one. Argentina played against Lidfield. Do you know about this? Yeah, I do. Well, that that shirt was on shirts of excellence for a while. The blue one that's basically the Holland '88, sorry, yeah. Netherlands '88. Yeah, uh, design. Yeah, that was on um, shirts of excellence for about four hundred and fifty quid, I think, for a time. And, I, and again, I briefly considered buying it, but then someone else bought it, and I think it might have been the bloke in Argentina again because he's got one. That's a great shirt. Do you know what that game is also pretty famous for? <clears throat> for Hugo Maradona. For, for what? In. Hugo Maradona. He played. Yeah, Hugo Maradona. What his brother? I'm, I'm sure he said no. It was, I did sure not. Did. Is that I'm right? Sure. He played I'm his brother or his cousin played in that match. I'm sure he did. Okay, I think you now. dreamt that. I have not because okay. it was his shirt. I think the the great thing about that match as well is it actually featured the uh, the proto base layer. Uh, Argentina oh. was so cold in that match, and they only had the short sleeve version of that shirt, so they wore like a, a blue sweatshirt underneath it. So Can I just had... pick you up on something because you actually said the other famous thing about that match. Now, that was yeah. not famous, was it? Well, we can Let's make it so now. now. It is famous now. <laughs> okay. That that is a that is a there good go. shirt and a rare shirt. I actually saw. Uh, I think classic football shirts had the number ten shirt on sale, and Maradona, Diego Maradona, actually uh, didn't play in that game. But and so there was no number ten shirt worn. So classic football shirts. I would argue, actually had the uh, had Diego Maradona's shirt for that game in their possession. And uh... well, the funny thing was, uh, the funny thing is that Museo Racing Club, the version of that shirt he has got, is the number ten. Oh, it is the number ten. That's yeah. not Hugo Maradona's shirt. No, That's... it's not. It's it's just a Diego Maradona. But I'm sure there is a game that Hugo Maradona played in. I thought it was that one. I can't. I don't even know who the hell Hugo Maradona is. <laughs> I don't, I, think, I don't think he's a I'm going to have person. to find out. No, he definitely is. I'm going to look him up now. Hugo Maradona. There we go. Hugo Maradona. There he is. I... He's Hugo Maradona. There you go. Uh, uh, uh. He's the brother of legendary Diego Maradona. There you go. C. And he played for Argentina. C. No, he'd appear. Apparently he didn't. So there you go. Well, it wouldn't be classed as a full international, would it? No, obviously. So it wouldn't be classed as an appearance for Argentina. Okay. I mentioned to you earlier snobbery in, in football shirts. Is there any sort of shirt... I've got two questions on this subject. <clears throat> Is there any shirt you would not buy... I've got three questions on this subject. <laughs> this is, is the there... Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> is there a... Uh... You haven't got plans. You haven't got dinner plans, have you? Um, <laughs> At some point, yeah. 
Is there any club shirt that you would not buy, even if you love the design? Uh, no. No, there is not any club shirt that I wouldn't buy. So do you have... Uh, I, I don't know who the rivals of Coventry are. Aston Villa, I suppose. Do you have any Villa shirts? I do have a Villa shirt because I've got the, 80, the 87, 89 shirt that they have, which was the Denmark one as well. Ah, now this is what you need to explain because you get this shirt in an, as many different sto- uh, as many different colourways, let's call it, as you can, don't you? I do. I try to, yeah. So what teams? So list the teams that have had that design. <coughs> oh my god! Uh, and tell me, and tell me if you've got the shirt or not. This this has now turned into about ten questions, hasn't it? So start. Well, obviously Denmark, which I've got the home and away version of it. Um, Villa had it. I've got the home version. Haven't got the away. Uh, Southampton had it. Haven't got that one. They only had it in the home version. Cov had it in the home version, which I have. Uh, I'm trying to think who else had it. Um, uh, Hellas Verona had it, and that Ooh. is a gorgeous shirt, which I do not have. But that is beautiful. That's well, what like is that? blue and yellow. Blue and yellow. That okay. was amazing. Okay. Um, lots of non-league sides had it, or sort of lower league clubs in either Germany or Denmark. Um, it was a team wear shirt as well. It was very much a team wear shirt. And this is the thing, so was the um, Netherlands 88 shirt. Apart from being worn by USSR and Holland, that was also a massive team wear shirt because so many German lower league sides had it. Ah, and it's one of the greatest shirts ever. The, uh Regarding the Denmark shirt, which is that, that's the pinnacle of that shirt, the, the original Denmark version, um, do you know that there is a version with the blue Carlsberg sponsor on it? Uh, the actual Denmark one? Yeah. Uh, I have seen them. I have seen them floating around at times. But you've never owned one? No, because I don't feel the need to. Because that annoys me, because they wouldn't have actually worn that in a match. Ah, of course. Okay. That, so that's a that's a form of snobbery, isn't it? That That is more attractive it's, to me. It's not snobbery, it's just accuracy. It's just, but it's just my personal obsession. I want things to be as close to the actual real thing, if you like, as possible. Because, for instance, you can get the Germany 1990 shirt, sometimes with an Opal sponsor on it which probably was more like a training shirt yeah. or maybe ones they wore for promotional stuff, but they never actually obviously wore it in a proper match. Ah, okay. Hmm. I, I personally, I that would be my favourite version because Carlsberg is such a great sponsor as well. And and it's tied to... It Obviously, it was Liverpool sponsor for a long time, so I've got a soft spot for it for that reason. Um, but it was uh, Wimbledon sponsor when they won the FA Cup around that time as well. Uh, so yeah, that that version would be great. The other thing you need to get is the half and half shorts. Have you tried to get those? I know you're not massively into shorts, but no, would you I be interested? No, I mean, well, they would be incredibly hard to get hold of because I'm. They were probably never actually released as a replica, and of course, they were never actually worn in the World Cup either. So they were only actually worn in team shots because I'm assuming Denmark probably pay, played in that kit, other than at the World Cup but I don't know when they did, and the half-and-half half shorts were not allowed at the World Cup. No. And I've seen... I've looked through... Um, I've looked through a lot of pictures of Denmark around that time, and I can't find them wearing those shorts. No, the only time I've ever seen them is on a Sabutio version of it, and also on one particular team shot, I think. Yeah, well, the, the one where they've got the... where they're wearing the Carlsberg sponsors, they're wearing the half-and-half half shorts on that. Uh, hmm. 
See, I don't, I'd, I'd like to know more about the the actual history of things like the Carlsberg sponsors. Like, what, what, you know, why do they have that there? I mean, well, I suppose it's like the island ones. Yeah. Except, of course, the island ones you can only buy replicas with Iracom or whatever it is on them. Yeah, uh, it's uh, three now. But is it, it, oh, yes, three, isn't it? That awful logo. Oh no, wait, that's yeah. not Crest. <laughs> oh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my next question then is. The question was, is there a, a team that you would draw a line and say, okay, even though I love that shirt, uh, I'm not going to buy it because I, I despise the team and what they stand for is, is is everything I'm against. But you don't have principles in that way. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I like the way you brought it down to principles. No, I don't. Even if it was a Hitler 11, I would still buy the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. No, that, that's Hitler not quite shirt. true. I, I don't know because they're, they're quite rare, you know. Um, <laughs> I haven't got they, that one. They, the, the only existing ones were in some bunker somewhere. Um, no, I mean, actually, to be fair, if there was a Ku Klux Klan football team, then no, I wouldn't actually buy that. So, you know, if they, if they had, you know, kind of very extreme political affiliations, I wouldn't buy an ISIS football shirt, for instance. <laughs> Thanks for listing all the offensive groups that you wouldn't buy, buy a football shirt. <laughs> I think there's probably more. <laughs> I think I only listed two. Okay. Uh,. I mean, the Hitler Youth must have played some football matches. I'm sure the Hitler Youth... Um, you, well, yeah. Yeah, the funny thing was, for a while, you know, obviously, the Escape to Victory game, mm. you could buy, I think it was Toffs that made it, you could buy the Nazi shirt yeah. that they wore, but now they don't stock it, and you literally can hard to find anywhere, because I think, for some reason, people don't like the idea of it. Well, yeah, it's it's become uh, politically incorrect, hasn't it? Really, to wear like Nazi. Prince Harry killed it, really, <laughs> by wearing a Nazi uniform to a party. He killed it. Up until that point, there was still a degree of acceptability to the Nazis. Yes, yeah, exactly. But as soon as right. Prince Harry adopted it as his chosen um, costume, that was it. Yeah. All credibility gone. Yeah, that's that's the way these things work. Uh, okay, so the, my next question then is: Is there any brands, maybe through experience? Where you've bought it and you found the quality is very bad, or you, you perhaps they um, the, an association in some way that is that is uh, negative that you wouldn't buy a shirt of. Again, there, there, I don't think there is a single shirt that I wouldn't buy. Um, I think you there are certain things I might think twice of, but I, I I've never really found any of them to be that bad quality wise there are obviously some which are nicer than others for instance like i think macron when they first kind of were getting more known amongst clubs i think they're they're generally the quality was regarded as a bit cack um but i mean i never really liked pony but i mean the quality was okay but i i, I tell you what it's more a more an era thing because i think in this sort of late 90s the general material that shirts were made of seemed to be quite rough I mean, I'm thinking specifically things like um, some of the late Rangers ones in the late 90s. Um, and I'm trying to think some other ones. That, but just sort of that era, the, the, the material seemed to go, move away from the sort of silky material from the 80s and early 90s and seemed to move away to this sort of rougher material. Like, I think um, I think the France 98 shirt uh, that France wore, um, I think that's sort of fairly like a heavy material as well. I think... Football shirts, when they went really baggy, they seemed to go quite heavy. Um, and I don't really like the material they were made of. A lot of the, the sort of late 90s cov shirts are quite 
ropey in terms of quality. Mind you, I think that a lot of the ones that Coventry made themselves are a bit ropey in quality. They seem a bit cheap. Okay. And do you... I mean, that... You might not like it, but I suppose if the design is good enough, you'll still get a shirt of that quality. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I say, I, could, I think mainly because I don't wear them, I just collect them, so... Mm. Quality is not really an issue, so long as I'm not paying a ridiculous price and it falls apart. You know, it's like it generally will just get stuck on a hanger and or, or kept in its packet. So, quality is not really much of an issue for me, really. I guess. So you you mentioned 270 shirts you had in 2013. What number are you up to now? About 400. 400 football shirts. So yeah. how are you storing them? Um, they're just in boxes um, and bags around the house which is all securely locked <laughs> and where where is this house uh it's in iceland <laughs> okay now well, the funny thing was recently i did it i was on the radio uh, bbc coventry in warwickshire and the guy had asked me to bring in like all about all 30 cov shirts um, and like some of my other favorite ones and so I'm walking through town. I had my Argentina shirt there as well, my match-worn 1990 World Cup one. And I'm walking through town <laughs> with just a canvas bag full of about, probably about three grand's worth of shirts. And I just thought, this is not great. And he actually said to me, like, it's asking me the same question, like, where are they all stored? And it's just like, oh, just dotted around the house. And I'm thinking, like, you know, kind of, don't describe what I look like, please, and what I'm wearing. Because as I'm walking back through town, someone can have these. Fortunately, nobody really listens to this, so we don't have the same problem. Well, to be fair, not many people listen to BBC Coventry or Warwickshire either, especially on a Saturday afternoon. That's, that might also be true. You were actually called Phil on that, weren't you? Uh, I mean, you yeah, took a pseudonym. Quite. Yeah, and he, he kept calling it me several times. Okay. Does, is that has that stuck? Is that now a nickname? No, no. It's not a very good nickname, to be honest, is it? Okay, so... 270 shirts in 2013. Three years later, you've got 400, 400 shirts, 270. There's 130 extra shirts, but there's also an upward curve there as well. So where do you think you're going to be in 10 years' time? Um, drowned under a sea of shirts. Well, the thing is, after I brought the second kit book out, I, I stopped completely. And since then, I've only actually... In, in the last 10 months, I've bought about three shirts. Oh, so okay. I, I kind of, I, I reached a point where I think it was taking over my life and, and then I kind of reasserted myself. And whereas now I think I've decided, I, I still, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I think I've kind of come to peace with my obsession. Um, and I'm, I'm at a happy place now where I don't feel the need to buy every single good design shirt that I see. Cause otherwise I'd have bought most of the Euro 2016 shirts because there's a lot of good ones there. But I kind of have, come to that point now where I think I will probably stick to buying limited editions or weird ones like the muscle shirts and things like that or if I can get any more sort of Argentina ones that I haven't got or potentially match one shirts there is one that I want at the moment but it's about 600 quid and I just do not have the money and I'm gutted uh, about it so the 86 shirt it that remains the holy grail for you is that right yes yeah Okay, are there others that... I, I'm thinking maybe shirts that you don't know that are available, but if they became available, you would take out a load, remortgage and that kind of thing for. <laughs> is there is there any others? Your wife's not actually listed, don't worry. She, she's well aware of my, of my ridiculous um, nature. 
Um, no, I don't think there is really. I, there's literally the 86 World Cup shirt. I mean, I, I suppose the funny thing is, it's like you could say that like getting a, a 1987 FA Cup final match worn shirt would be a holy grail, but I don't know why. I'm just not that bothered. I think I think the only other one I'd like is a 1990 um, World Cup final Argentina shirt. I think that's the only other one I'd like. And again, I had the opportunity to buy one of those. Not, I don't know if, it, I think it actually even was from the final as well. It was a match prepared one. It, never, it was never worn in the final, but it was a genuine player issue one. And it was for the World Cup final. Um, mm. and it was on classic football shirts for 1250 quid, which at the time I'd never even paid more than about a hundred quid for a shirt. So I did, to me, it was just out. And then, uh, I think about a week later, I inquired if it was still available, and it had been sold um, to a collector in Brazil. Now, if I saw a shirt like that now, I think I would just say, screw this, and just buy it on a credit card and just deal with the fallout later. Because it was, you know, a genuine... I mean, that from the World Cup final as well. Mm. Okay, never actually worn, but, you know, it was pristine as well. And those things, you, that's the only one of its kind I've ever seen for sale. That's something that I spoke to Shaky about. Given the choice of a, a shirt that was in the perfect match condition or a shirt that was worn in a match, I would probably go with the the perfect one, the one that hadn't been sullied by having a footballer in it. I I would always prioritise the design over the event, I would have thought, unless the number was really like a really horrible number. Like a thirteen, I don't think I'd want a shirt with thirteen on the back. But but say that that one that from that one from the Linfield game, the number ten shirt, that's fantastic. So what that they didn't wear it against Linfield? That's Maradona's shirt, and it, so it's it's even better that it hasn't been worn by a player. <coughs> but that one is is added to by the fact that if it had been worn by a player, it would have been worn by the best player in the world. But it 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 wasn't and. So it's in perfect condition, you would hope. You know, see, I think in that case, it would obviously depending on which, you know, if it was a match issue shirt that hadn't been worn and it was Maradona's match issue shirt, <laughs> then yeah, I'd rather have that. But if it was just two random players, then I'd rather have the I'd rather have one that was actually worn in the match, unless it was in an appalling condition. If one was pristine and not worn, and the other was, you know in a crappy condition but had been worn mm. um, and they were both the same price then I would probably go for the pristine one mm. unless yeah. it was in a bad shape because of the match so for instance in I think it was the 86 World Cup Maradona was wearing a shirt and one of the guy uh, it was an Italian defender pulled his shirt and it ended up with holes in it now if there was that exact shirt with those holes in it then I would rather have that See, I, I, yeah, I, I would have, I would have had you down as a contrast to Shaky, but that's very similar to what Shaky would say, really, because yeah, it, is about, it, it is about, it is about grabbing hold of a moment in time, a moment in yeah. football history, and that's quite important to you. So I wouldn't have. But at the same that. time, if there was one, if the match worn one was twice the price as the other one, and they were, say they were both the same condition, and one was match worn and it was twice the price, then the match issue shirt, I'd just go for the match issue one. Mm, okay. Um, the match worn shirt that I have got technically wasn't match worn. It was worn by a sub on the bench. Um, <clears throat> but 
it's in terrible condition because it's got ink stains all over it. Mm. So, but it's the only one I can actually afford. So it's, it's like I'll have to take what I can afford, really. Yeah. So you you were interested in shirts for lots of different reasons, which is probably it's a, a broader look at things than than Shaky. I think Shaky would maybe be still interested in in shirts from his childhood and getting those designs and probably in the match version or the uh, player issue version uh but because of the design but i think more recently it's probably the matches with a a little bit of the design thrown in but you like everything so you are a more general shirt collector and kit geek in the so if a, a, a shirt is just, is released that is an interesting design, you'll want that, but you won't know anything about the games that that involve that shirt. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that fussed. If I just see a shirt and I love the design, generally the more insane the better. For instance, I mean oh. this is the thing: a most sort of a lot of kit collectors, like you said earlier, are very much uh, very quite snobby about um, limited edition shirts mm. um, and the concept of limited edition shirts. And also the whole kind of, you know, ridiculous shirts like the broccoli shirt and things like that. I, on the other hand, absolutely love that shit. Mm. So I, so what the, th- the shirts I'm thinking of, uh, the broccoli one, what, t- do you know what team that is? La Hoya Loja. La, La Hoya Loja. And if you've got the, I think it's a Galician team, isn't it? Who had the beer? Have you got that no, one? No, I didn't have it. Well, the, the funny thing is, again, the reason I didn't buy that is because they weren't actually match shirts. They were training shirts. This is what nobody said at the time. Oh. So they weren't actually match shirts from what I from what I read at the time. They were literally just training shirts. And I think maybe the goalkeeper one, which I think had the octopus on it, was a goalie shirt, which, again, for some reason, I'm not that fussed about. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they actually wore them in matches. But that, all that detail got missed. In the same way that the uh, SK brand shirts, which were touted very much as being made of latex, mm. are not made of latex. I have both the home and the way of that, and they're not. They have a slightly rubbery coating on them to try and keep out the rain, uh, yep. but they are not made entirely of latex. Oh, okay. That's the thing. So they were massively reported. Oh, these are these latex shirts, and all aren't the players going to sweat in them? And it's like, yeah. well, no, because they're not. They're just a normal shirt with a very, very thin, sort of almost waterproof type coating on. It's no worse than wearing a cagoule in the rain or something. Mm. Football playing gimps the world over will be disappointed to hear that, though, won't they? Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I was slightly disappointed because I had a, a dirty weekend plan with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh... There was actually a Marseille shirt from a few years ago that had a similar sort of sheen to it, to that, like a, a rubbery sheen on the outside. Of... I, yes, I think I know which one you mean. Wow, I'm trying to uh, think which one it was. They, but... they had a denim one as well. Yeah, I've got that one, I think. Yeah. I, I do I do my own little bit of collecting here and there. <laughs> yeah, any Marseille, though. No, I've got lots of shirts by different teams. So I've got Barcelona shirts. I've got... Uh, Various. Uh, so, is there's no stockist either that you would not go to? So, say if uh, Sports Direct have anything. <laughs> let's talk about your principles again. Sports Direct had uh, had something on uh, a sale on, and you saw some shirts in there that you you like the look of. You would you'd buy for them them as well. I would hand over my cash right there and then. I don't care. Why should I care? You know, I, I want the shirt. That's all I care about. So. 
does that you, you seem to be accumulating shirts do yep. you trade a lot in shirts as well or is that not really something a world that you're involved with in i don't really trade in them because most of the ones that i buy i tend to have bought apart from i mean the, the thing is the ones that i bought <clears throat> which have got any real value to them i generally want to keep um the ones that don't have a huge amount of value to them are ones that i've just sort of bought because i quite like the design and therefore couldn't really sell them for much especially with classic football shirts existing because a lot of the ones i bought i bought from there and you can still buy them from there and you can buy them quite cheaply so it's like a lot of the shirts just aren't worth the hassle of selling i, I do actually want to try and reduce my collection though because i just have too many so i did actually go through my my kit box that i'd done and sort of almost the mental red pen marking which ones can go um so if anyone wants to buy any i mean i've actually been trying to sell that blooming uh, Netherlands 88 supposed third or away shirt um, on eBay for ages and nobody wants to buy it so yeah this is the this is the thing where it, it strays into fantasy so there are there must be occasions and you're a good example of someone who, who would slip into this if I ask Shaky this question Shaky would probably say no I don't, I don't get anything wrong so it, it, Shaky would would make sure and be 100% happy in his own mind. No, sorry, not 100% happy. He would be objectively happy that every shirt he bought was genuine and it had uh, the provenance was correct and what the shirt he... When he was buying a shirt, what he was buying it as is actually what it is. Do you care so much about that, do you think? Or are you willing to believe a story a little bit more than some collectors? Uh no i'm i'm pretty much the same um i bought that pretty much knowing that it probably wasn't actually real um or at least what it claimed to be um because i know of no existence of that shirt whatsoever um but i really wanted it because i liked the actual shirt itself so and I kind of, I, I was happy to own it. Um, hence why when I was selling it, <clears throat> I have actually put on there that, you know, it's listed as a second or, well, I think I originally listed it as a third shirt because I said, and in my listing I put, as far as I know, they never wore this shirt. I don't even know if they ever had one, um, but it was sold to me as a third shirt um, and therefore I am listing it exactly the same. But I'm at least putting the disclaimer on that, you know, it, well it's up to you basically as you know mm. caveat emptor i suppose it's like i'm not hiding the fact i'm not trying to pass it off as a third shirt because i know that as far as i know they didn't have one but i also don't know that they didn't have one because they didn't have they never wore an away shirt in that tournament so we never yeah. actually got to see it so it could be real i don't think it is i don't think they actually had a, a an away shirt like that because they traditionally had a white away shirt at the time and did straight after the tournament, and did before the tournament. You know, admittedly, they only had that that '88 style shirt at that tournament, and not before and not after. So they could have done, but I, there's no evidence for it existing whatsoever. So I will not say to people, "This is a, an away shirt" or "This is a third shirt," because I have no proof of that. So I, I would never sell something by you know sort of saying that. For instance, I've got a, I think it's the Lazio one that was released a couple of years ago. Um, which the, with the, the one with the, the sort big, of eagle. big eagle, yeah. Now I'm pretty convinced that the one I've got is not a genuine shirt 
because there are several details on it which don't look right to me. Um, and if I was selling it, I would list it as, you know, in effect, sold a scene. It's like, I'm not entirely sure this is genuine. However, it's, I mean, it's identical apart from a couple of tiny things. And the majority of people buying it wouldn't care because as far as they're concerned, I mean, the thing is I could easily sell that as genuine because unless an absolute kit nerd like myself is looking at it, they wouldn't know and they would, and they would buy it and they would believe for the rest of their life that it was genuine. Yeah, I. Uh, but you still bought that Netherlands shirt. So I did, for, yeah. But that's because I like the design of it. You like the design when it's got the the KNVB crest on it as well, though. Yeah. Which, but that that would be that is pure fantasy, isn't it? That's either if you don't believe it, then you're accepted it's pure fantasy. Yeah. So the idea is that that wouldn't it be great if that had been the away shirt. Or the third shirt. In effect, yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally like, I didn't buy that thinking, oh, great, I've got an away shirt. And then sort of at some point in afterwards going, oh, actually, maybe they never wore one. I knew right from the start that they that it almost certainly wasn't genuine. and Well, genuine in the sense of what it was claiming to be. But I didn't buy it as that. I didn't buy it thinking it was genuine. I bought it thinking, I this is almost certainly not genuine, but I don't care because I really like it. Hmm. Uh, I, I really like it. And I am... Open. <laughs> I'm open to believe that. Uh, yeah, well, maybe if I could fit into it, because it's a great shirt, as you say. If I could fit into it, I would buy it. But you probably could because you're skinny. I'm not skinny. <laughs> I'm so not skinny. It'd be great if I was. Uh, but you know, I, I, I might lose weight. So you, you, you hold on to that one for me. Well, may- maybe you should buy it under the fantasy of that you could fit into it. <laughs> that is true. So I maybe be... I might list it next time as definitely an away shirt and Jay can definitely fit into it. And then if you believe the fantasy as well, then you'll buy it. Um, but if you're fantasizing about me wearing it, you should just send it to me <laughs> for nothing. I don't think so. Uh, it was worth a try. So <laughs> we've we've talked about what are the, the shirts that you would really like to own. What are the best what are your favorites because you say you have all these shirts and they're in boxes they're in bags and so on surely it'd be logical to have some on show for a while and then you put some away and you get some others out are you appreciating these shirts fully and this is this is exactly why i did the book that was the exact reason i did the book because i kept getting shirts down from the loft and then having them hanging around hanging up in the bedroom much to the annoyance of my wife, you know. To, to be fair, I can't can't argue with that one. And and then I'd I'd sort of after about a week, I'd get another couple of shirts down to have a look at those. But the problem is, I wasn't putting the other ones back because I still wanted to look at those. So in the end, I thought, right, this cannot continue. Uh, I mean, it might have been me that thought that. It might have been my wife that actually said those words. <laughs> um, but no, I just thought I I I want to be able to look at all my shirts. But I can't physically do that. So that was why I created the book. So that I, at least if I ever did want to look at them, I could pick up the book. Okay. And do do you have do you have favourite shirts? What are your favourite shirts that you um, own? My favourites are uh, a couple of Argentina ones. Um, the I, I, I basically the not necessarily the 1990 World Cup one actually. Um, my, one of my probably my favourite Argentine shirt that I've got is actually a shirt they wore prior to the 1990 World Cup, 
they wore they played three friendlies and it was just after Adidas had taken over the contract from the Cox Sportif. Um, and the fir- the shirt they came up with was a very wide striped one. Um, and I managed to find off eBay an actual player worn shirt. Uh, and it turns out that the, the only, the, the, it's the short sleeve version and they only wore that in one of the three friendlies. Uh, and it also turns out that the actual shirt who's the player whose shirt it was was Claudio Kneeger and he scored mm. the only goal in that game. Yeah. And it was a pretty good player all round. Yes, uh, one of my one of my favourite Argentinian. What? So it's got a time. number on the back. Yes. What number? Uh, fourteen. Oh, did he come on as a sub or he just? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Interested. That is good. Okay, I like that one. Any others? Uh, yeah. Uh, the um, uh, I have another nineteen eighty six replica, um, which is incredibly accurate. But there's a couple of tiny details which prove that it's not a genuine shirt. But it looks really good. Uh, the holes on it are really big. Uh, not the right shape, but they're really big. Uh, so it looks really good. The badge isn't quite right, but it's it's a, the most accurate replica I've got. So that's also a favourite, because it just looks ace. And probably my other favourite one is a... In 1987... Um, the Football League had their centenary and there was a World Eleven mm. versus uh, Best of the Football League match played at Wembley. And it was the match that Maradona played in and there was a bigger hoo-ha before it because Maradona had wanted a hundred grand to play in the match. Um, Platini played in it. There was a whole load of other stars in there and Cyril Regis and Steve Grizovich. <laughs> um, and... But obviously, the, the shirts were never available as replicas. But there was, there's a, uh, I, I managed to get one off a seller. Now it's not an actual match worn shirt. It's basically, I think, what was probably the prototype for it because it's long sleeved and nobody actually wore long sleeves on the day, and it doesn't have the Mercantile Credit Football League badge on the shoulder, but it is identical to it. Now that I can see, that's another one that falls into the how much you want to believe it because. Again, there are several details that prove it's not a match-worn shirt, or even probably... It might have been a match-prepared, although it didn't have the stitching on the shoulder, so it probably wasn't even for the match. But it did come from someone who got it direct from Umbro, if you believe the person selling it. Um, and, again, it, to all intents and purposes, it is an exact copy of that shirt, so I have no reason to believe it's not from Umbro, and was probably like one of the ones they produced before the match, that obviously never got used. Mm. Okay, the the one I, that you haven't mentioned that I would have thought of is that Bayern Munich shirt with uh, with my name on it. It literally has your name on it. Yes, what it happened does. there? Uh, they were so basically Bayern Munich um, were doing a a charity match. Uh, well, it, it was it was a proper league match, but they were it was um, a German charity called Sport Health. Um, uh, which I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's sport life or something. I, I don't speak German. Um, and it, so basically anyone who ordered one of the shirts would have their name on the shirt. Now, that's not a case of like having it on the back as a player name. Literally, the front of the shirt had like a triangle on it and the back of the shirt had a big square panel on it, which were basically all the names of the people who bought one of the shirts. Now, I had to get one even though I wasn't a particularly great fan of the actual t- shirt design at all, purely to know 
that Franck Ribéry, Franck, <laughs> gets my French pronunciation there, Franck Ribéry, um, actually took to the field with my name on the back. Because that is just like kitten of heaven. Because it wasn't, like I say, it wasn't just a case that the replicas would have it. All mm. of the shirts that the players wore would actually have those names on it. So anyone who bought one actually had the Bayern Munich players on the field with my name on there. I, I think you'll find uh, what actually happened was there was a, an issue with the printing and the players <laughs> just had uh, name, 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 name. <laughs> and Flash. but when they sent out the the sports ones obviously they got they managed to to get them uh printed up correctly with all the supporters names on it so it was close you almost got it but no. you do, that is that has got to be a quest though hasn't it now to prove it because you've got the replica version but that only tells you that your name is on the replica version you now need to get a match worn shirt from that game which was probably auctioned off for thousands yeah, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah get hold of one of those and then you can prove that Franck actually uh, did have your name on his back. I'm just going to on... believe it. You just... Ah! And we've come full circle. <laughs> Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Okay, Rich, that has been fantastic. Thank you for talking to me about your uh, shirt collecting ways. Uh, has this been enjoyable for you? It has, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now there is actually one more shirt I want to talk to you about Phil let me guess is it the France shirt it's the France shirt it's the shirt France wore against uh, Switzerland and now you've you've seen the shirt I'm talking about I'm sure I have yeah the one that okay. doesn't have the coloured sleeves on it well it does it actually well, does well yeah sorry that doesn't have the proper coloured sleeves as it was supposed to be yeah so this people who have listened to uh, the last podcast with Colin Ford in that podcast, Colin mentioned England. The England shirt would have been better instead of having light blue sleeves if it had off-white sleeves. And that's basically what France wore. They wore a white shirt with off-white sleeves. But when you look very, very closely, the sleeves are actually a very, very pale red and blue, like their standard away shirt. And it turns out that the, the shirt that they wanted to wear actually breaks or contravenes UEFA rulings 
on uh, UEFA rules on the, what can be worn in the tournament. Uh, so they've had to go with what, on the surface of it, is a plain shirt. Now, that is going to be a sought-after shirt now, surely. But what I don't get with that is that they would have known that before. Someone surely would have pointed that out before the tournament. The the thing for me is... They can't have just rocked up at the stadium and some bloke from UEFA walked past and went, hang on a minute, that don't look right to me. Well, I mean, it would, they wouldn't have been able to get those whatever those replacements are in time. And they are weird shirts. That's a strange way to replace the shirts. Because that has been... I'm sure people are saying that they've put them in the wash and dyed, bleached them, and I don't think they've bleached <laughs> them. I think that is a that is a completely yeah, new bespoke Well, generally, shirt. you can't really bleach polyester that well. <laughs> No. Doesn't doesn't really reduce the colour, it just takes the colour out completely. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would have noticed that they would have looked like they were wearing tie-dye shirts or something, I think. Yeah. So I don't think that's happened. They've actually constructed a new shirt. So that I don't think that happened in the in the few days before the game. That happened when the shirts were submitted, but yeah, no one's been told been. about it. Yeah, which is what's weird about it. It's it it's weird, but also it's could be argued that the decision was taken, no, let's not tell anyone that this shirt that we've been marketing for six months isn't actually going to be worn in the tournament because yeah, that might they wouldn't buy it, would they? Yeah. Well, they'll probably wear it after the tournament anyway. They In friendlies, but I don't think... Uh, oh, I don't yeah, know if be... well, right, so they would not be able to wear it in qualification either. Possibly. UEFA are in control of the, the qualification for the next World Cup, so mm-hmm. I'd imagine the rules would be very, very similar. So that shirt is now an X shirt, I would have thought, for all intents and purposes. And this new thing, which is, it on the surface looked great, but if you look up closely, it's absolutely hideous because you have a sort of a creamy blue on one sleeve and a creamy red on the other sleeve, which doesn't look great. So, yeah. But you would you want that shirt? This is This is an interesting thing. That design... Do you like the design? And if you don't like the design, would you still try to get one of those shirts? I'm not massively fussed with the design. I'm not massively. I'm not a massive fan of that particular template anyway. However, if I saw one on uh, for sale and it was, you know, not a ridiculous price, which it obviously would be, then yes, I would want to wear one purely for the history of it. Hmm. It's. Uh, we'll see. We'll also see if it's worn again. It might well be worn again in the tournament. We'll wait and see. Well, I mean, as as I've pointed out before when I talked about kits, the um, Coventry wore their, a replica of the 1987 FA Cup final shirt when they played 25 years later against Southampton in the third round and got whooped 3-0 by Southampton, which kind of ruined the whole thing of the shirt there. But I managed to get a player issue shirt, which despite already owning three copies of that shirt, I still bought because purely because it had the sponsor on the front, which the um, retail versions didn't. That's the only difference. The retail version is identical to the player issue version, apart from the fact the player issue version had the sponsor in it. But I still paid 140 quid. And then the annoying thing was, the following year, they wore it again, completely devaluing it. And we got whooped by Tottenham that year, completely devaluing it further. But I also managed to find a player issue version of that shirt, which was slightly different again, because we had a different sponsor on the back of the shirt. But the weird thing is that the person, the player whose shirt that was supposed to have been, when you look at pictures of the match, he didn't have a sponsor on the front of his shirt. So what's that all about? 
these these are the trials and tribulations of a uh, football shirt collector I think indeed well, again that was probably a match prepared one but for some reason when he actually played in the match he didn't have a sponsor on the front did on the back but didn't on the on the front that was Leon Clark I think ah interesting weird, weird. cray cray it is it is certainly cray cray totes cray cray indeed uh, Rich this has been wonderful I've enjoyed it immensely uh, I I know so much more about you as a person, I think, and shirt collecting. So that's been great. Uh, have you enjoyed it? I have, yes. It's been much fun. Excellent. So we will talk again. Um, I, I, You seem to lend yourself well to this uh, football kit podcast game. You should uh, maybe consider going further with it. <laughs> really, should I? Well, now you mention that, that might well be happening. As, oh really? Uh, yes. As, Please elaborate. Uh, well, me and me and Chris have been talking of late about potentially returning to doing football attic podcast, but not dealing with nostalgia because we're kind of well, we kind of talked about every single possible nostalgia subject there is. But we did enjoy doing the fifty girls football shirts. Uh, I mean, especially the two people we had to work with. That mm. was the best part of it, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was for me the most favourable part. Um, so, and, and actually, Chris said that uh, with Euro that 2016 has given him a new love of um, football kits. And I think he said, because he'd actually been on some other football kit podcast with the guy called Jay, he said he really enjoyed that. Um, so he said that we, we might actually start, we might come back as a football attic podcast, but concerning kits. So that would be probably like, probably talk a little bit about modern kits and a little bit about old kits as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. You found a gap in the market there, did you? Well, there used to be a gap, but someone came along and filled it. But we kind of, you know, we, we thought we could possibly provide an alternative viewpoint. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Bring it on. <laughs> we got beef, man. We we do now have beef. Uh, but this has been great. Thank you uh, for coming on. And I do look forward to that, that podcast, should it happen. Um, Rich, how do we get hold of you on social media? Uh, on the social media, I am available on Twitter. Uh, you can either get me at sofa underscore soccer. That's my own personal footbally one. Um, or you can obviously always con- find me usually under the football attic one, uh, which is just at football attic. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash, I think it's the football attic on Facebook. Um, and that's it really, I think. And obviously the blog still exists, even though we don't write any more stuff on it. Um, thefootballattic.com. Okay, and on there, can we still get these kit books? Uh, yes, you can. Yeah, they're still available if you really want one. Um, I think because I generally use like I, I sort of print them off on individually um, using like photo book vouchers and stuff, and I think those vouchers are still around. So if they are, then yes, they're still available. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, they would be uh, very worthy additions to uh, kit book collections. Maybe you should buy them at some point, Jay. Oof! Well, (laughs) maybe you should send them to me as a as a thank you for this free advertising for those books. (laughs) I'll see what I can do, Jay. (laughs) That's putting you on the spot. I expect them very soon. Okay, well, this is this has actually been excellent. If you want to get hold of me, I'm Jay Twenty Niners on Twitter. Uh, Design Football is obviously on Twitter, and designfootball.com 
is on Facebook. There's plenty of competitions, various things going on on the website at the minute. So go over there and check that out and sign up if you haven't signed up already. But we will be speaking to someone new soon. It's, it's probably going to be me speaking to them. But if not, then uh, someone standing in for me will be speaking to someone new very soon. Uh, and we'll speak to you all again soon. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you again, Rich. Thank you. Goodbye. Switching to Shopify helps you sell smarter at every stage of your business. Take full control of your brand with your own custom online store. Wow, looks amazing. Find more customers with our easy-to-use marketing tools. Piece of cake. And let the best converting checkout on the planet do its thing. Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Switch to Shopify today for a $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 